the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As God explained things to Moses, he said, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, El Shaddai. And so by this initial invoking of the name El Shaddai, God was in effect saying, I'm able to fulfill all of the awesome hopes that I have set before you of a people and a land. There's no need to let go of the promise just because of your old age. Genesis chapter 17 on tap today as we look at Genesis once again, our day after Thanksgiving. It is here in chapter 17 that God uses the name El Shaddai for the first time, and with good reason. And that is what we will explore today. We invite you to join us here for study verse by verse. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely again, Genesis chapter 17 on today's program. Now, skipping back a couple of chapters to prepare us for today's message, chapter 15 describes the conversation between God and Abram in which Abram expressed his concern about his lineage. And God promised Abram many descendants through a child of his own DNA. There was an ancient ceremony that was performed, but in this case, it was unusual because only one party made the covenant. Only God cut the covenant. And so it was a one-sided, unconditional covenant of blessing. What was it that preceded that? What was it that prompted it? Verse 6 is one of the most profound verses in the Bible. Abram believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Righteousness is right standing before God. And what it tells us is that Abram put his faith in God's word, and God therefore declared him righteous. And this is a, a pivotal understanding for understanding salvation by grace through faith, as it's described in the New Testament. Now, one might think after a conversation with God, as recorded for us in chapter 15, Abram's faith and obedience were stable and solid. But that's far from the case, because in chapter 16, the next chapter, we find that Abram and Sarah decided that God needed some help in fulfilling his promise. And the result was Ishmael born to an Egyptian servant girl named Hagar. And Abram's misstep here is the foundation of what modern journalists call the Arab-Israeli conflict. And so the bleakness of Abram's and Sarah's shortcut in an attempt to obtain an heir through Hagar is meant to be a spiritual background for the story of renewal we find here in chapter 17. And the connectedness of the chapters is clear because the final verse of chapter 16 indicates Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. And the opening verse of chapter 17 emphasizes he was 99 years old when the Lord appeared to him. And so 13 years pass in silence between verse, uh, chapter 16 and 17. There's no vision There is no voice, there is no visit, there's only silence. Imagine 13 years of silence. When his decision to run ahead of God's plan had ended in spectacular failure, Abraham came to the end of himself. So in this encounter with God, he doesn't pose any questions. 
And he makes no complaint about the long wait. It simply tells us he fell on his face. Chapter 17 is about how God came to Abram and strengthened his faith by reconfirming the promise of the covenant with circumcision, which was then sealed by Abram's obedience. Now, the chapter also focuses upon names and changes of names. So what's in a name? Well, in the Bible, names are very important. Names might record something about a person's birth or about some life-changing experience. For instance, Jacob was renamed Israel after wrestling with God all night. It was a life-transforming experience. Simon was renamed Peter when he met Jesus Christ. It was a life-transforming experience. Even the names of signed unborn babies oftentimes carry messages. So Abram's covenant faith and obedience were encouraged by God's revelation of four new names here in chapter 17. God Almighty, verse 1, Abraham, verse 5, Sarah, verse 15, and Isaac, verse 19. So with that as an introduction, let's look at the chapter verse by verse. Chapter 17, verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. So this is the first time that we find the name El Shaddai, which means God Almighty. And it describes a God who makes things happen by the means of his power and might. It's the name by which all of the patriarchs came to know God. Even 400 years later, as God explained things to Moses, he said, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, El Shaddai. And so by this initial invoking of the name El Shaddai, God was in effect saying, I'm able to fulfill all of the awesome hopes that I have set before you of a people and a land. There's no need to let the go of the promise just because of your old age. There's no need to shrink the promise by your shrinking thoughts or to give in to desperation. All your future lies in this. I am God Almighty. That's what God was saying. And you know, Christians, it's the same for us. Uh, the way we live is determined by what we think of God. If God is El Shaddai, the Almighty God, then our lives are going to live out the fullness of God's promises to us. What we believe about God is really the most important thing in our life. Any thoughts of a God less powerful than the God of Abram will shrink the soul and it will neutralize your faith. God is El Shaddai. God is all-powerful. When God says he can do something, he can do it. When he says he will do something, he will do it. God is El Shaddai. Now, why would God reveal this name at this time after 13 years of silence? And the reason is because he's about to tell his friend that Sarah is going to have a son. And the Lord wanted Abram to know that he was the all-powerful one. And there's nothing too hard for God. Matter of fact, let's say that a couple times together. There's nothing too hard for God. Say it again. There's nothing too hard for God. One more time. There's nothing too hard for for God. When the angel announced the birth of Jesus, that's one of the things he had to remind them about. There is nothing too hard for God because God is all powerful. God is El Shaddai. Now, with revelation, also there comes responsibility. And so here we find that the responsibility is that Abram is to walk before me. Now, walk is not just a matter of putting one foot in front of the other, it, it refers to a manner of life or a way of living. 
Now, it's, it's interesting here that Enoch and Noah, who lived before, had walked with God, but Abraham here is called to walk before God. What's the difference? Well, he is to live in the knowledge that the eyes of God are always upon him because he's always before God. The word perfect doesn't mean sinless because that would have been a goal that's unattainable for anybody. But what that word means is single-hearted, sincere, and wholly devoted to the Lord. It was a descriptive of a sacrifice that had no blemish. It was a call for integrity. And the word and, that little conjunction, implies that being blameless results from or is a product of walking before God. In other words, the secret of pursuing a perfect walk before God is a personal moment-by-moment Worship of God. It is recognizing moment by moment that God's eyes are on us. And in that process, then we make our decisions knowing that God is watching. And in the process of making decision after decision, we build character. And we build integrity. The phrase, my covenant, is used nine times in this chapter. It defines God's relationship with Abraham. And I want to be clear that this is not a new covenant or different from the covenant that God had already established with Abram, clear back in chapter 12, but rather a reaffirmation of that covenant with some further clarifications and additions such as that of circumcision, the sign or seal of the covenant. Now, God had promised to multiply Abram's descendants. His descendants would be as the dust of the earth and as the stars of the heaven as had been described in previous chapters. And that's an interesting because those two comparisons, earth and heaven, suggest that Abraham would have a physical family as well as a spiritual family, dust and heaven. And the spiritual family, of course, is made up of all who place their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Verse 3, Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You'll be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. Now, the Bible views giving of names as symbolizing the transformation of character and destiny, and also it's an exercise of sovereignty or lordship. And so what God's renaming of Abram and Sarah was was a blessed reassertion of the divine sovereignty over over their lives. In effect, he was saying, you are mine and I'm taking care of you. And when God added the H to Abraham's name, Abram's name and Sarai's name, Abraham, Sarah, well, In ancient languages, the words for breath and spirit were the same, and the breath was always associated with God's spirit and vice versa. And so what he was doing was really adding his breath or spirit to Abram's name. And Abram's name was a reminder that God's spirit was with him continually. And if God's spirit is with us, then nothing is impossible. Abram meant exalted father or father of many, Abraham meant father of a multitude. And the net effect was that every time people addressed him by name, he would be reminded of God's promise. He would be the father of multitude. Now, how many times is your name used in the course of a day? 30, 50, 100, you know? Um, Good morning, father of multitude. Uh, Is it time for lunch, father of multitude? 
A father of multitude, we have this situation. How would you like us to handle it? Good night, father of multitude. So every time he was addressed, he was reminded of God's promise. Now, when Abraham informed the people of his camp, he had a new, new name. Some of them must have kind of had a smile and said, father of multitude? The guy must be delusional. I mean, he thinks he's going to become a father of multitude. He only has one. But indeed, Abraham became the father of many peoples, not only the Jewish people, but also the Arab people through Ishmael. And in addition to that, all who trust in Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord are spiritual children of Abraham. That would be all by itself a vast multitude. And proof once again that our God is faithful to his promises, always. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Thank you for joining us here today as we continue our journey through Genesis. As we close out the week, we'd invite you to join us here at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. We invite you to pay us a visit, and to do so, you can glean all the information you need, times, and directions off our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday as Pastor Leighton Sheely continues his journey through Genesis here on Study Verse by Verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.